Welcome to TED In Your Head, the 10-minute podcast created exclusively to help you eliminate bad habits and success-limiting fears and beliefs so that you too can win at life and business. Your host is Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high-performance coach. On this show, we tackle the trash and talk some truth to transform your mind. Let's check it out and welcome your host, Ted Moreno. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Ted in Your Head podcast. I'm Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high-performance coach. For over 18 years, I've been helping people have more success in life and business. This podcast is all about letting go of self-limiting beliefs and transforming your mind. And I really do believe that to tap into the power of our minds to explore what is possible, we need to have a healthy mind and a healthy body. So today we're going to have another episode of the Ted in Your Head interview series. And today my guest is going to be Harvey Slater for the second time. Harvey Slater is a nutrition and wellness coach with certifications in holistic nutrition, applied clinical nutrition, weight management, and exercise and sports nutrition. Harvey uses a client-centered coaching approach to educate and guide his clients on how to assess their individual nutritional needs and to navigate their food supply and daily habits in order to achieve their fitness goals and best wellness outcomes. So Harvey shares his knowledge and utilizes his firsthand experience healing addiction by his own experience of reversing his declining health at one point in time is going to facilitate that same positive change to anyone who seeks his assistance. And I have sought his assistance as well for to let go of some COVID poundage. So Harvey currently operates his private practice in Pasadena and also offers corporate group coaching and online individual coaching services to clients across the U.S. and internationally. Harvey, thanks so much for being on my podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Ted. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Good to see you up in your uh, your little mountain retreat there. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's beautiful this time of year up here. Oh, it really is nice, isn't it? Yeah. All right, well, let's get right into it because I have a lot of questions. There's a lot of information to cover and we only have a limited amount of time. So the whole reason we're doing this podcast is you and I were talking one time and I happened to mention to you that I work a lot with people that have gut issues, digestive distress, and a lot of autoimmune problems. So I work with certain functional medicine doctors, Sarah Williams and Dr. Mary Party, the name two, who refer me um, clients that have these kind of issues because they think there could be a uh, psychological component. And then when we were having our conversation, you and I, you mentioned that you also can offer a lot to these type of clients, okay? So my first question is, how does nutrition coaching fit into an overall treatment plan for a person trying to manage an autoimmune condition? Okay, great. Great question. And I'm um, really glad you asked. So nutrition coaching is, it's, it's important to understand when someone, when you say nutritionist, especially holistic nutritionist, holistic nutrition coach, a lot of people go right to alternative care. And um, they assume that you are trying to come up with an alternative treatment for something. Um, so just to get the definition down and to make sure we understand what we're talking about here, nutrition coaches do not treat anything. We basically are complementary to anything that you're working on with your health and wellness because everyone has to eat food and to live and thrive. Everyone has to go about their day. Everyone makes day-to-day choices 
And everybody has behavior patterns and learned behavior around their eating and their fitness habits. And hopefully everyone needs to move their body and hopefully moves their bodies optimally. So regardless of what you're dealing with uh, over the doctor's office or anything else, you need to be able to tap into the best strategies possible that are available to you in these food, fitness, lifestyle areas in order to get the best out of what you're trying to accomplish. So the way nutrition coaching um, complements or fits into an overall treatment plan as it pertains to autoimmunity and gut, I call it I call it digestive distress because there's a lot of different diagnoses and things people come to me. People come to me a lot of times with gut issues they don't even know what it is. They've never been diagnosed. And it's just because it, basically what's happening is their, their digestive system is undergoing some kind of distress. Either it's, um, either it's uh, environmental related, maybe it's an acquired, um, an acquired uh, uh, a condition from a food or a toxic toxin. It could be from stress. Um, I know you mentioned a psychological component. That's why doctors refer patients to you. Um, and then with the autoimmunity, it's interesting. There's a lot of similarities because a lot of autoimmunity is also a, it's a state of distress in your immune system. Your immune system has developed a chronic state of wanting to attack or respond or over-respond with its immune response. And this creates the autoimmune condition that eventually gets diagnosed. So food, lifestyle, and fitness can all play powerful roles in how you can manage these conditions. And I basically help clients first assess where they're at, understand what's going on with them, and then really where the nutrition coaching comes in really handy that they're not going to get at the doctors or at the hypnotherapist is we, we really help them assess meeting themselves where they're at in their lives and understanding what we call their sphere of control is. Okay. What do they have hundred percent control over? What do they not have control over? What do they have some control over? So if you have rheumatoid arthritis, there may be factors of that that you do not have any control over. And that can be very frustrating and disempowering for people. And it really takes a toll on someone's ability to be motivated and have any self-efficacy whatsoever in terms of how they're going to help themselves move forward. And this is why a lot of people just end up in the hands of the medicine without any real, real empowered self-participation beyond, I'm taking this medication, I'm trying to do this crazy diet that my doctor told me, but it's really restrictive. And a lot of people just feel paralyzed in that situation. Now, some people don't even have the guidance of a medical professional, and they're just lost and confused. So helping someone, being able to dial it down and partner with the client and be stand by their side at their level, accept them where they are, teach them how to accept where they are, and start assessing what they can actually start doing that they have control over is the, probably the most powerful piece that nutrition coaching can tr- contribute in terms of a complementary uh, piece of the whole approach and overall plan. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. Um, so what are the most common digestive distress issues that you work with in in your uh, practice? Well, they are all over the place, but the two most common I would say would be uh, symptoms of bloating or, and, or um, diarrhea for lack of a better expression. Um, So sometimes they come with an IBS diagnosis. Sometimes they don't know what it is. Um, 
And in terms of the actual conditions that I've worked with, they're, they're really all over the place. There's no predominating digestive disorder that I've particularly seen more than another. So let me ask you this. Um, can autoimmune problems and digestive distress in particular, can, they, can these be caused by improper diet and nutrition? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's no mm -hmm. question about it. I mean, uh, especially digestive distress, it's mostly nutrition-related, um, or it can be a response to an environmental uh, and it could be an environmental, um, an acquired environmental uh, distress, like uh, a reaction to antibiotics, for example. If someone's on antibiotics, um, it kills off, you know, it, it puts them in a state of dysbiosis, meaning their, their good gut bacteria is also being compromised, and that creates um, a state of distress down there. That's why on the warning labels of all, most, most antibiotics, it's going to tell you that you're going to get the runs as long as you're taking this medication. And many people have experienced that, right? So there could be that factor, but usually it's uh, diet-related or a chronic, uh, chronic habit of eating the wrong balance of foods over a period of time that builds up over time and eventually it starts to create a chronic uh, state of dysbiosis or dyshomeostasis in the digestive system. So by dysbiosis or dyshomeostasis, essentially the digestive system is out of balance and not working efficiently or at least not working the way it should. That's correct. Or it's lacking key nutrients or key factors that are needed in order to support proper digestion. Like for instance, uh, a, a sufficient amount of stomach acid to break down proteins. Which, which in functional wellness, we believe is the actual root cause of, um, of like uh, uh, acid reflux, right? Which is interesting because people will take stuff to make the acid go away when actually what they need is more acid, right? That's correct. And that's where we get into, it gets a little bit sticky with my scope of practice because I can't really, um, you know, I can't uh, practice medicine. So I'm not a doctor and I can't really contradict the doctors, but I can do my best to help the client understand the functional, um, what, what is functionally going on in their body? What is the root thing that their body needs in order to be supported in order to break down that protein, which is causing the uh, acid reflux? Okay. So, um, a lot of people that come to me are on some kind of elimination diet. What is an elimination diet and how does it work? Okay. An elimination diet is when you, it's usually indicated or recommended when you're, when you have either a, a, a uh, some kind of a digestive problem or an autoimmune condition where you eliminate what we would consider uh, well-documented uh, problem foods, right? So it's a pretty broad reaching umbrella approach. So if we took just the standard textbook elimination diet, you would eliminate grains, most beans, uh, all refined foods, probably dairy products. Um, and you'd be really narrowing it down to just uh, fruits, vegetables, uh, clean protein, try to, try to also, and then if you want to take it further, you'd want to eliminate, uh, you want to make sure you're not eating um, animals that have been given antibiotics um, or hormones or anything like that. So you start with just a, with really just the basic foods that we don't think have ever really caused many problems for people based on what we know about all the different foods and all the different conditions. And then you do that for about a month and then you slowly re and then you see if your symptoms change and if it doesn't, if it helps at all, and then you re slowly reintroduce foods back in 
to see, and then you pinpoint which foods are actually bothering you. So the problem with most elimination diets that I've seen from clients is that they were not executed. Um, they were not executed like a real science project, right? So if you're going to do an elimination diet, you have to treat it like a real scientific study. You can't do it willy-nilly because the results will be skewed. It's like nobody would take the Pfizer vaccine if they didn't run a full effective study on it, right? Right, right. Um, so you should do the same thing when you're doing an experiment on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to look at it that way. And people don't really make that association. We seem to disassociate food and eating from real science and physiology, but it really is the same thing. And we need to understand that the way we learn to eat food in our society is not really grounded in anything that points to uh, physiological benefits, right? It's all about, you know, um, culture or what I enjoy or what's convenient or what's cheap. And then we've made this entire food supply of food that's just based on profit and convenience. Um, you know, even the whole movement where we just produced tons of wheat and we were feeding the world wheat, well, that's noble, but not necessarily, um, I don't think wheat's necessarily bad for everybody. Some people can't tolerate it, but right. not necessarily like, you know, wheat's only a cultivated food. So we actually haven't been eating wheat very long. If you look at our entire span of how long we've been humans. Right. So uh, uh, anyway, I'm getting off on a small tangent, but um, the point of the elimination diet is that you've got to do it right. And so I wouldn't recommend anyone do an elimination diet without someone who can help guide them and supervise them. And, um, even my guided elimination diet, uh, diets with clients who wanted help with that, even with supervision and guidance and coaching, it's hard to stick with it. Uh, life is very busy and, um, you know, it's, it takes a lot of planning and it really, you know, I think the best approach is looking at that. I'm only going to do this for, for four to four weeks. So you got to remember there's an end date. And right. you got to really go full board. Yeah, you know, um, and that, you know, as far as the people that come to me, that's really, really frustrating, like trying to maintain an elimination diet. And, you know, um, a lot of them don't have an end date or or the date in their own mind is too far away. And, and that's very, very frustrating. What's really frustrating for people is like, I've been doing this like the right way. I've been doing everything right for, you know, a month and a half now. And things aren't changing. And what a lot of them, I think, don't understand is it takes a long, you know, it, it can take a long time for your digestive system to get out, to get that dysbiosis, right? So, I mean, the body's pretty resilient, but if you keep putting bad stuff into it or keep suggesting it, subjecting it to these kind of environmental and uh, internal triggers, eventually uh, it's going to lose its ability to, to bounce back. So um, why do you think digestive imbalances take so long to heal? Well, they don't always take long to heal. It depends on what it is. And it's, oh, okay. and, and it's interesting what you said about, um, I did everything right, or I'm doing everything right. Um, so when you tell me that, my first question is, whose definition of right? Like, what exactly is your definition of right, of all the right stuff? And how do you know that's actually working for you? Um, so well, they, they don't. And they're like, well, that's what it, I'm doing, what they told me to do. And it, nothing's changing, you know? Well, that's where nutrition coaching is really beneficial as a piece to the overall treatment plan, because in a nutrition coaching session, we use evidence and outcome-based process to help the client work through 
the process and be able to put on their own clinician hat and figure out for themselves what's working better and what's not working better. They can take that information back to their treating physician or whatever and bounce ideas off of them, right? Most doctors are going to be very open and welcome to hearing feedback if something's not working because that's the way science works. Yeah, they might right. think they know what the treatment plan is, but if they if they knew that 80% of their patients weren't getting better on that plan, they'd probably start wanting to change it, you know, yeah. and they'd well, looking for better solutions. So yeah. our so our goal is to do that. So anyway, back to your question about the how long it usually takes. It really it really just depends on the client and the condition. I've had clients come in with just some basic bloating and issues, and we just recommend the starter. My starting food recommendations are always just make sure your foundations are covered. Foundations are just all of the basic foods that we know our bodies need to be supported and happy. So eating enough vegetables, eating whole foods, getting enough protein at most meals, making sure you're staying hydrated. And in many cases, when clients start adopting those types of uh, eating strategies, their digestive issues correct, self-correct automatically. So it's just a question of getting the right balance of fiber and other nutrients into their system. Other people who have more chronic issues, um, it can take a really long time because remember, Ted, it's a combination of the whatever treatment they're getting from their, uh, pr- their uh, primary uh, care provider combined with whatever food they're eating, combined with behavior and lifestyle, and then the ability to be consistent and comply with all of the recommended strategies. So compliance is really, really important. And consistency is really important. If their body's already in a state of distress or their digestive system is already in a state of distress and they're only compliant for for two days and then they're not compliant for five days, they're not giving their body a fair chance to show them what it can do in terms of healing. So they got to really be the, the, uh, the patient experiencing this problem needs to get out of the mindset of poor me and, Oh, I'm sick and get into the mindset of, I have absolute control over what I can do to be an advocate for myself. And I have permission to advocate for my own body and giving themselves a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt that they can do it. Right. Yeah. And and then that's, that's really difficult for some people. And I guess that's where I come in, you know, helping them to understand that they have some control that they're, their body knows how to heal. You know, certainly when, when people complain, I'm doing everything they told me to do and I'm not getting better. That doesn't speak so much to whoever they're working with. It's kind of like, you know, that, that they're, they've been suffering for so long and now they're on some kind of treatment plan and, and they're having trouble adhering to it and they want quick results, you know? So there's a whole lot of stuff going into this. So, um, so let me ask you this, uh, and we're running out of time. We could probably talk for another 15 minutes, but Probably. Um, what are some of your most effective strategies when working with clients who are overwhelmed by food sensitivities and other diet-related symptoms? So uh, what are some of those effective strategies that you use? Well, I'm glad you asked because I actually, um, I don't know if you do this on your podcast, but I was going to offer your, your listeners a free download if they want. Oh, right on. I have a tool called that I adopted that's widely used um, in, in one of my nutrition coaching communities. It's called red, yellow, green traffic lights. Now, conventionally speaking, when you hear a nutritionist say that, you think, oh, I'm going to get a list of foods I shouldn't eat and foods I should eat. Well, it is that, but you get to actually make the list. So it gives you a set of criteria 
on which to start at assessing and evaluating and doing some critical thinking around the foods that you eat. And so if you start with the, we like to start with the green foods because those are the foods you get to eat. And again, just to double down on the strategy that's the most effective, focusing more on what you can do, what you get to do, and what you have control over is a far more effective strategy. It's going to foster more motivation and it's going to help push the client in a better momentum, right? So we start with the green foods and in the green foods, these are foods you like. These are foods that your body digests and tolerates well, foods that you believe support your goals and foods that you can eat sanely and moderately. So foods that you don't feel you have like an addiction to or an overeating problem, right? So those are your green foods. So first thing we do is we have clients go out and put all just out of the top of your head, how many of those foods can you put on that green list? Then we move over to the red list and the red lists are uh, foods that you don't like because there's no point in eating food you don't like. Uh, I mean, life is hard enough as it is, right? <laughs> no, don't want to eat food that you think sucks. That would really be, that would be bad on top of feeling bad, right? Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. So foods you don't like, foods you do not digest or tolerate well, your body is not down with, uh, foods that you don't believe support your goals and foods that you cannot eat sanely and Okay. So you then you want to move in and start putting some of those foods in there. Then you've got your yellow list, which is it's your ambiguous category. It's things you're not quite sure you know the answer to. And you're going to put that in to be determined and kind of we're going to evaluate and, and look at that a little bit. And it could be a combination of, well, I really like ice cream and I and it could support my goals, but I can only eat it sanely and moderately on Friday. But on Saturday, I have to eat two gallons, you know, so <laughs> that's a yellow food, right? There's yellow sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what is the whole, like, so how can something like that be so powerful and so effective? Because it puts the client in the driver's seat and it, it's, it gives the client a, an opportunity to actually make an empowered decision for themselves what's actually working. And more importantly, it puts them in touch with what's really happening with their bodies. A lot of clients come to me with a food intolerance panel, which those can be effective as well, but I think those should be used in conjunction with the red, yellow, green traffic lights and maybe other things that you know about. So you, you bring all the material together and you put it all together and you create a master list of what works. This has been the single most effective strategy that I've used with my clients with autoimmune conditions and with digestive distress. And I've actually had uh, clients uh, uh, greatly mitigate or even almost eliminate um, symptoms of autoimmune conditions in terms of like uh, pain from rheumatoid arthritis and stuff, um, just because they have been able to do a better job of navigating their food supply. So they are, they're eating fewer foods that harm them. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot in that process. There's a lot of uh, powerful realizations that come to mind for people, a lot of aha moments. Um, you know, I had a client who finally realized, she goes, as much as I'm resentful and pissed that I can, that I can't really eat French fries right now. I realize that when I eat a French fry, I'm basically hurting myself and I need to stop hurting myself. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Breakthrough, yeah. you know? And, and sometimes when people become aware of their eating, you know, like if they're food journaling, they begin to realize like every time I eat French fries, I feel bloated and terrible, you know? And, and, and that's, a lot of people don't connect that, you know? Well, yeah. And then the question becomes, is it actually worth it? And really, and there's the other thing. My clients have total autonomy, right? 
I'm not here to tell them what to do or lecture them or go, bad, bad, you had fries. You know what I mean? It's like they can have French fries till the cows come home if they're willing, if it's hurting them and they're willing to experience the pain related to the French fry, who am I to argue? You know, it's a French fry. But most people, most people, once they figure it out, they'll go, you know what? It's really just not worth it. And the good news is there are cases, known cases where people get so good at healing that they're able to enjoy some of those foods again in moderation. Sure. Yeah. Right. Of course. Well, we have to wrap it up. We've gone over time a little bit. So the last thing I want to ask you is how can people download uh, the thing you talked about and how can people get in touch with you if they're like, I like what this guy says. I want to. I want to talk to him or at least have a discovery session. How can people do that? Get in touch with you and download the information. Okay. Well, I'm going to send you a link for the download. So you can put that in your show notes. So you'll have that for people. And then in terms of learning about me, my website, harveyslayer.com is super easy to find on the internet and you can read about me. You can read my story. I've got some video testimonials, reviews and other articles. And there is a big green phone icon in the top right corner of the website where anyone could book a complimentary coaching session with me on the phone to talk about ideas, find out whether anything that I do could be helpful for them and, uh, or just to answer some questions. Okay. Right on. So Harvey Slater, S L A T E R.com. That is correct. And then you'll send, you'll send me the link and then I'll put that in the description when I put this out there for everybody to see. Okay. Yep. All right, Harvey, thanks for taking the time on a, Friday afternoon to meet with me and be on the Ted and the Head podcast. I sure do appreciate uh, everything you bring to the table. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Harvey Slater, and if you have any questions about Harvey, you can certainly reach out to me um, because I I have hired Harvey uh, because like I said, I I, I, uh, gained a few COVID pounds, have since let them go, and he's very knowledgeable. So thanks, Harvey, and uh, we'll see you around, okay? Thank you, Ted. Always a pleasure. All right. Likewise. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Ted In Your Head. If your bad habits and limiting fears and beliefs prevent you from achieving the success you want, it's time to take out the trash, talk some truth, and transform your mind. To learn more about how Ted can personally help you win at life and business, visit www.tedmoreno.com. That's www.tedmoreno.com. Thanks to Dimitri Rosti and Isaac Taylor for their help in producing this podcast. See you next time on the Ted in Your Head podcast.